0: You are listening to KYRS Medical Lake Spokane 88.1 and 92.3 FM, and this is Outspoken. Welcome to the Hot Mess Sunday.
1: Hello, it's the Outspoken Boys. Another beautiful Sunday heading into fall. I know. I like it. I feel it, it in the air.
0: I do, too. It was so hot for, like, last week, and then all of a sudden, right. rainy, thunderstormy, and cold. Right. My like poor it. dog was terrified really? with the thunderstorms. But. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's a little guy.
1: Yeah, he Doesn't is. like him. It's like, What's happening?
0: I I thought that was... I love thunderstorms, I and too. this summer, we haven't had a whole lot, uh-huh. um. But finally, you know, that's that's going to be our thunderstorm. The one thing
1: summer. I'm sad that you did not get to experience when mm-hmm. you visited Denver yeah. is a good Colorado thunderstorm because there is nothing I like know. it. No, yeah. They are great. Oh, they're amazing. We used to sit on my grandma's front yeah. porch. And watch them? Yeah. And mm-hmm. they, they just shake the house. It's, yeah. just, it's pretty cool.
0: Well, there were thunderstorms, but they were up in the mountains
1: far yeah. away. You could see them, but, yeah. you, know, you know, you weren't in Yeah. It. yeah. Nothing nothing beats yeah. it, I'll tell you. That's true. So, what excitement has happened in your week Sir,
0: um, you know, we were here. Last. Yeah, lots of lots of good things. Uh, yesterday, a few of my friends and I went to see title of show at the Modern Theater. The um, new I, Modern Theater. Yeah, the new little venue at Ella's um, on 1st. Mm -hmm. third first or third yeah first and third (laughs) they don't they don't (laughs) intersect (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) um but it was great uh title of show is one of my favorite favorite musicals uh ever it's it's great and they did a really good job modern theater i applaud you um so i encourage everyone who um it's running for two who has a you know a free night wants to right. go on a date go see it it's hilarious um it's it's so funny it's different than anything you've ever seen i promise right. you that well um, because of your view, i knew you're going
1: mm-hmm. and then i asked you how it was and now yeah. i'm gonna just have to go see it you it's do you thing. really do and modern theater i always have a lot of respect for the yeah. shows they do they do really good work civic we've been there a few times they do too so mm. i i'm excited to see this show yeah. plus title uh, of show was let me see, a few years ago when yeah. it was in New York, oh, yeah, everybody was talking oh, about my this, gosh. this show. So, I've always been curious to see yes. it. So, I'm kind of excited that it's there. So, uh, people can probably go to Modern Theater's website mm-hmm. um, to see when, yeah. when show times are and when you can go. But, yeah, I'm definitely going to make a yeah. thing. So, it's probably only running one more week.
0: I, it's either one or two more weeks. I'm this was two. This Let's was to. opening weekend. So okay. um, So, that's good. Uh, but they also announced their new season, so mm-hmm. when you go there, there's a little pamphlet. They had a
1: preview, a live they preview did, yeah. of that a couple weeks ago. And it's yeah.
0: awesome. I mean, they're doing he- The Heathers this year. I um, want to see they're that. They're doing Chicago <gasps> this year, which is great. <gasps> we, You and I show. will have to see it. Yeah. yeah. I love Chicago. My, my favorite role um, ever
1: was yeah. in that show.
0: Titanic the musical. Not featuring "My Heart Will Go On" by (laughs) uh, Celine Dion. I don't know why.
1: Right? So Um, that's an experience. I couldn't afford (laughs) that. (laughs) Yeah, but apparently people say that it's a good. I uh, heard it's good when it was on Broadway. it, It did really well, but. Yeah, I, I don't just know. don't know. I yeah. still don't know about it as a musical.
0: I, right? I want Titanic featuring Leo DiCaprio. Yeah. I want. Um, I want Kate Winslet in there. Exactly. Um, what's what's the woman playing? Oh gosh. Oh, she's an American horror story. Kate. Oh, Kathy Bates. Kathy Bates. Her. Right? I, I want, want her, her in playing the unsinkable Molly Brown. I know. Yes. So and
1: seriously, let's. Re- we're hello. We're just gonna <laughs> take over directing. And kind of yeah. tweak it a little yeah. bit. It'll be you fine. Know, we'll just add our us. little bit. It'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> but it will have a cameo by Celine. Yeah, right. You're right. Right. Just She'll just sing randomly, the whole soundtrack. Randomly walking yeah. on the stage and singing. It's like a Celine concert in the middle yeah. of the show. <laughs> yeah.
0: By musical, we mean Celine that's featured future. People don't understand
1: that we are brilliant theater directors. Hey, let's <laughs> do it. <Own laughs> it you own will it, never own experience it. anything like yeah. a, an outspoken voice. Theater production. Yeah. Never, <laughs> I love it. Never the same. Oh my gosh. Uh, Jonathan, what have you been up to? I got my hairs cut. You did. I always love it. Gerald at House of Pop. Love him. You go to him. Oh yeah. And, and mm-hmm. you're the one that convinced me to go. And everyone him and go there. I have too much fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's a thing. <laughs> I hear about it. So yeah. <laughs> we it comes with a show. As mm-hmm. anything happens. You and I are always out at coffee or whatever oh, yeah. putting on a show. And oh, so we're a Gerald and I have found a way to be put on a show for everybody mm-hmm. in the salon, including Doug, who owns a place who I adore. Oh, yeah. Um, He's a hoot. And be as, as super gay as we possibly can. You know. N- and without even trying. We're just right. like, hey.
0: Next time you book your uh, hair appointment, mm-hmm. let me know. I want to book it right after yours. You do, and you just do. get there an hour early <laughs> and sit there with you guys do and it. just watch the show. The lady show at the front desk and, is uh, <laughs> trying to have me pay yeah.
1: is having too much fun. Right. Because... <laughs> We are busy. We we had things we needed to discuss and we needed to let other people in the salon know what is important. Yeah. Like what does Willem Belli look like as a man? That's important. (laughs) Like the new season of All Stars, Mm -hmm. RuPaul Drag Race. Like seeing how Gerald has perfected twerking. Yes. I mean there are important things that needs to happen. Yeah. So
0: it's all part of the salon experience. It is. Listen, if you think you're going there to get a haircut <laughs> and just that, you're wrong. Yeah. And you you're are wrong.
1: you are so wrong because that should never Let be me, how it goes.
0: Right. Let me ask you a question though. Okay. Does he do uh the towel on your face yes. relaxation little he thing? He always oh. asks
1: me if I want it. I'm like, Gerald. Yeah. You, know, you don't never have to ask yeah, me that. Just yes, do it. I do. It's the most relaxing. Let's thing. open my pores. Oh. Let's put it on. Yes. And so then he's so washing your hair as what you have a hot towel in. on oh your face. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah. He oh, has no, to, he has to
0: leave it open out around my mouth because we talk so much. He's like, I don't want to yeah, constrict too. you. Sometimes to think, yeah. he'll come over and be like, we're just going to yeah. over your mouth. <laughs> <Yeah. 'cause laughs> this is where we need done. you to yeah. stop. <laughs> 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 he goes, you're, you're
1: supposed to be relaxing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Gerald, <laughs> I'm having too much fun. And people oh are laughing. Gosh. So that means there's an audience yeah. which only encourages me. Uh, exactly. That's exactly. all I'm just saying. Yeah. Anyway, and, of course, he made my hair look amazing. He did. I know. I saw you right after. it yeah. He was did. Beautiful. He's, I think those are the best is, hair you've had. I'm sorry, he's a miracle worker. Yet again, Gerald House of Pop. Just mm-hmm. saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things I said, so I made so this is a big month for me. Right. 41 is just a couple weeks Woo. away. And so I told Gerald, I'm coming in like that week mm-hmm. because I need to look good for my birthday. You do. So we're I'm gonna come back in and and maybe not the full haircut, but let's get it, let's be looking good.
0: Well, yeah, a little right? trim, yeah. Right? it might as well do a full cut Bring haircut. me up. Just yeah. bring me up to yeah. work,
1: cause so we're ready. I'm like, no, this good. this month we're coming in good. early. Good, good, good. Cause I love it. I mean, you gotta, you it. gotta. He sexifies me. Yeah, I tell people that's, that. That's what you say sexified. too. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. I like I it. I really Houston know. just laughs. He goes <laughs> his little smirk. Like what? I'm is-? just sitting over here. Yeah. Well, Houston, <laughs> well,
0: as someone who gets his haircut every other day of the week, <laughs> really? how? Like, I mean, talk to us about your haircut. I swear, right? every time you come into the See, studio, it's like you get it shorter. I you haven't respect. gotten it cut in a while. It's been about a it month. It just stops growing. Yeah,
1: because <laughs> it knows. <laughs> no. It yeah. knows no it's going to get a cut. Yep. very soon. Yeah. This, this Wednesday, I think. This Wednesday. Wow. I finally have the day off. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie to you. I think it's it, a lot of respect for how you get your hair cut all the time. Yeah. Because <laughs> I feel like I need a hairdresser every morning. Because right. I can never make my hair look. Mm-hmm. But you are always...
0: You just need a blowout every day. Right? Oh, there Houston's we go. Houston's got
1: it. It's oh. like, uh, no, what do you mean? It's Thursday. I take pride <laughs> in my hair. You <laughs> do. And How's it always looks showed? good. Everybody yeah. who's never seen a picture. We put up pictures of all of us so many times. Mm-hmm. We've selfied uh, our intern Houston. And so, yeah, always. Mm-hmm. It's not on point, but it's, that's where I am. Yep. That's as far as I've caught up with the words. It's on point. It's on point. Are you okay. on? Are you on, on. Are you halfway there? I'm yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> I know point. it has changed a few times. Like yeah. it was then on fleek, and then it you told it's me snatched. Now then you told me this week it's snatched, and I am protesting that. So I'm gonna <laughs> I don't like okay. that one. I'm gonna yeah, stay on point. your hair is snatched. Yeah. Okay. No.
0: No. You know. No. <laughs> listen, listen. You can't love everything you hear. No. Okay.
1: One of the other place. Th- one of the other things we did is we actually I have never been to Garage Land down Yeah. Mm-hmm. Heard about it. It's right across the street from house. It is. Clock, so yeah. I was like. We have to meet and mm-hmm. get my haircut. And you're like, let's just go there. Yeah, so we best. go there. It's great. And I yeah. was going to say, Houston is a big fan. Mm-hmm. I liked it a lot. It's, you can buy a record. You can. And eat a hamburger yep. and have a drink. Yeah.
0: Yep. It's it's good. It has a little antique shop, a record Love store, yeah. a VHS
1: portion. Which we were I was like, noticing VHS, that you can heck? buy a VCR yeah. and videotapes. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I don't know if I, mm, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I get behind the records and yeah. having a record player. I don't know. You can I, play arcade games. You can. There's right? a few arcade games. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really cool cool yeah, and the food was good. Retro and the food was good. Yeah, you had something we didn't know what it was, so you got it
0: right. So I get it, and it's it's tacos, and I'm like I don't know what that Yum. is, but there's lots of stuff on it, and I like it. And yeah. then they're they're tater tot nachos right which made and so it made They're sense good. once it got there before but, we're like what oh, yeah. the heck is a They're real good, so good but mm-hmm. so filling i had like mm-hmm. three bites and i was like i could probably send the rest to africa and
1: feed all of it because yeah. it is so filling they give you so
0: much they do it's great
1: and i had the hamburger just a regular cheeseburger just mm-hmm. i don't eat cheeseburgers with jalapeno hush puppies oh that was good i'm from the south yeah. so i'm like hush puppies jalapenos yes Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) um yeah it was really good except here's the thing that's a lot of burger not gonna lie it's a big burger like just because it's Mm -hmm. there you don't have to eat it all no because if you do i still i still have it like i don't need to eat for another few days because it's still right there in my (laughs) stomach going we got this but no i actually enjoyed that place yeah it's very very fascinating
0: highly recommend it. yeah not too pricey yeah exactly houston what's your favorite thing to get there you go there a bit I've got, Okay. Yeah,
1: I've gone all of once. Oh, wow. Once. You're ruining the story. And it wow. was about 1 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> oh, no, it oh, was good. Were, yeah. you, were you still... Were you pretty drunk, right? E- maybe. Okay. All right. Good after drinking food. It really is. It is. is. It's...
0: it's I my go to is Satellite because that is open till like never ever ever, exactly it never closes, Um, and you can get amazing good food. Yeah, it's true. Um,
1: But now I should try
0: Garage. Okay, so what you do you
1: remember what you had when you were there? I just got a drink. We just had Long Island iced teas. Oh, oh my, did okay, they make first ones? of all, I love... At one o'clock, I cannot continue with <laughs> yeah. Long Island SB. That isn't happening. That was okay. like our fourth stop that night. Oh, and wow. then we walked around and I was like, record store, yes. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I got all right there. You know, drunk, excited. That. And... Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. Love that. <laughs> well, well I walked was... away with the record. It's, there you go. That's perfect. And then you got home and you're like, I don't even have a record player. I woke but up this the next morning and like, Oh, I actually bought this. <laughs> we do have a record player though. <laughs> good. I can play <laughs> okay, it. Good. No, it's a fun play. I, I highly suggest checking it out. Yeah. If you're out of you definitely. want new fun things in Spokane. There you go.
0: Yes. You're welcome. I yep. know. Yep. That's what's happening there. There's there's some fun things going but on. But you know here. what today is? Today is Sir Ivan. Sir
1: Ivan is today who is going mm. hey, we have dance, music, Top 10 on mm-hmm. world Charge dance music with That's Sir right. Ivan. We also have what everybody waits every month for. Our favorite person, of course, is our sex doctor. Not a real doctor. Uh, Damon L. Jacobs, our rela- licensed relationship and marriage therapist, is coming on with your questions to answer. I love it when people have questions for him. and uh, Yeah, so you, you all wait for that, too. But we should probably take a break and introduce you to who we're going to be talking to later in the second hour, Sir Mm -hmm. Ivan.
0: This is going to be his song, which is on the worldwide top 10 dance hits. Uh, This is Imagine by Sir Ivan. You are back with KYRS, Medical Expo Can, 88.1 and 92.3 FM. This is Outspoken.
1: And nothing beats a John Lennon song, especially Imagine. Yeah. 45 years ago, it came out and, of course, was number one around the world. Mm. Sir Ivan comes out with a remix and we're number one again 45 years later Mm. because that song- It keeps on giving. Is timeless. Yeah. I just wanted to say that. But- This is the time. This is it. What we all love. Best time of the month. Mm -hmm. Our time of the month. That's right. (laughs) It's our time of the month. It is. We are welcoming Damon L. Jacobs Too Outspoken again. Hello, sir.
2: Welcome, boys. I'm happy to be your time of the month.
1: I know you are. You're our favorite time. Yeah. You're <laughs> the happy a time. Better yeah, version time. of flow <laughs> Just the best. As long as we have
2: a time of the month, we're still fertile. We're yeah. still uh, right? breathing. Yes. No, <laughs> oh, I
1: think that's where I'm going to stop that mess. <laughs> yes. Damon, we uh-huh. want to start with you are a man that is con- always busy. You are always out <laughs> speaking, doing something, and you're exciting. You're down in New Orleans right now, aren't you?
2: It, uh, it's, um, so I'm in New Orleans right now. It's been so amazing. It's Southern Decadence. So oh. My voice is a little raspy today. <laughs>
3: <Yeah. and> There's <laughs> a
2: good reason for that. But, um, yeah, I was so excited to talk to you guys because I was here to speak at an event through the New Orleans AIDS Task Force. Oh, awesome. uh, task Force. They do a yearly conference this weekend on empowerment, and then they do empowerment seminars. One of them is kind of a, like a large uh, setting where I got to talk about PrEP and then you have smaller breakout sessions that are more about learning about specific topics or conversations. Mm. And I was facilitating a conversation with a very low, about 30 people, mm-hmm. different men, different women, all races, ages, mm-hmm. backgrounds, and trying to facilitate a conversation about how do we learn about sex? Because mm-hmm. if we don't know what we know about sex, how do we then, It's hard to be empowered and communicate with a partner if you don't even know what you like yourself. Right. But where in the world would we get that information? So we discussed this, and it was so fascinating, and I'm sure it comes as no surprise that most people in the room did not get any or very little communication from any adult or doctor or counselor, therapist, teacher, very few people were ever taught anything about sex and when they were, it was just about how not to get pregnant or not yep. to get AIDS. Mhm. It was never about pleasure, it was never about empowerment. And it was such a reminder to me that we really are at a point now where we need to be having these conversations. Yeah. There's so many ways to have satisfying healthy sex.
1: Exactly, and right. In it's, your conversation, you know, we okay. I was going to say in your conversation with that group, What was, like, the the most popular answer of where people were learning about sex?
2: What was interesting for a lot of men, it was I experimented with a friend.
3: Or, you know, I
2: I had an experience where I got an erection, and, you know, that's... Or or someone told me,
3: Mm -hmm.
2: or a guy in a locker room told me. For a lot of the women, they recalled this being something that they heard from usually their mother, um, but in some sort of punitive way, like, keep the pocketbook closed. Right. Keep the dress down. that was a new one for me. Keep the pocketbook closed. (laughs) Um, You know, keep the dress down. Don't get pregnant. Uh It's always done in this thing like you, quote, should, you know, you should not have sex.
0: Right, right.
2: And if you absolutely must have sex, you can't enjoy it. Just Mm -hmm. try not to get pregnant and try not to get a disease and you don't enjoy it. And that's really the message that most of the women in the room. Had received at some point in their life,
0: right? And right.
2: it's just sad to me that that we're not having these conversations mm-hmm. with with I think children and adolescents mm-hmm. about sexuality as something that is healthy, that makes us healthier, well connected
1: people. Yeah. Well, and you're talking about also something that we don't see around. I think our nation, which is the concept of sexuality and empowerment, right? That that can right. be a connection. Yeah. We treat it as right, and when I say
2: sexuality, I don't mean necessarily, you know, penetration or orgasm, and I don't even necessarily even mean with another person. Yeah, but just to know your own body, how to give yourself pleasure, what you like and what you don't, so you know how to communicate that with a partner if you choose to do so. Mm -hmm. Now we said here on on this show so many times: how do most gay men learn about sex?
1: Oh, porn. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely through
2: porn. Yeah, Mm -hmm. worse. Yeah, (laughs) the
0: worst. It sure is, yeah.
2: So just thinking about that, and really, you know, I love the questions we talk about here, because Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people are asking these questions at this point as well. Right. Um, You know, we're living in a time where there is so much massive information and such medical advances Uh to have healthier sexuality.
1: And that we're more willing to mm-hmm. to actually talk. Maybe not as much as we should, but there's still people who are now maybe not as afraid mm-hmm. to step out and go. I, I do have this question. I want to I want to ask it. You know, right? Yeah, and that's right. important. How exciting that you get to do that down. First of all, in such a great city. Second of all, decadence, which you know, it's all- cool. Yeah, I don't know, have you guys been here for decadence? Before? Oh, it's my dream. No. I bet it's amazing. Uh,
2: it, it's worth seeing. I will tell you that. I think it's worth doing. It's
1: worth seeing. It's worth being part of. Ugh, that's crazy. I know. So maybe we need <laughs> Wait, to make it an outspoken yeah, exactly. voice trip next
0: year. I know we'll need to go to <laughs> this conference and hear you talk oh, too. Oh
1: God, that would be amazing. Oh my gosh. Love it. Okay, your life is way too much fun for us. So we're gonna <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna bring it back in and we're gonna talk about some questions that we've had some listeners write in that would love your your thoughts on.
2: Great. Bring it.
1: Okay.
0: Okay. So we'll start off with this one. Uh, this listener is writing in saying, My partner and I have always been open. We play with other men together. Over the past year, we've been uh, we really enjoyed playing with a specific guy. My partner approached me about maybe having a triad relationship. I'm not opposed. I've just never thought about it. And I don't even know how to attempt to build a relationship that works like that. Are there books? Rules? How exciting.
2: What a wonderful, what a wonderful question. Because this one is, a lot of the questions we get are sometimes how do you get somebody not to do something, and this is saying like how do we create a possibility? How do we go about doing something that we don't know anything about? Mm -hmm. And of course, how would they? Because we don't have resources. But the good news here is that there actually is a book that would help them. Um, not just mine, rational relating, the smart way to stay sane in the crazy world of love, because that yes. will help. Yes. So there's actually, in this way, um, there's a better book, um, believe it or not. <laughs> um, it's called Opening Up, mm-hmm. and the author is named Tristan Tarmino, T-A-O-R-M-I-N-O. And Tristan um, is did this amazing book where she went and she interviewed couples. And she really came up with, with sort of some guidelines and frameworks for Couples who want to create something different than the traditional monogamous paradigm. Mm -hmm. And interesting enough, this is actually really interesting, because she did talk to a triad. She interviewed a gay triad. They're featured in her book. Mm. And I actually met these guys in real life a few weeks ago in Provincetown. Mm. These three gentlemen who have lived together as a triad for many, many years. They are featured in the book, Opening Up, by Tristan Tormino. And um, I met them, and they're they're awesome, and they're really, Mm -hmm. really happy. Mm -hmm. So there are ways to do this, and you don't have to completely reinvent the wheel here. But what is so intricate here, and what's going to be tricky, is making sure that you and your partner communicate. Right. Even about the small things. Even don't necessarily assume anything here, especially not here. Be very clear on your communication. Be compassionate with your conversation. You and your partner might want some of the same things. You might not want other things. You may all want to sleep in the same bed. Your partner might want to only sleep on the same bed on weekends. Um, But just to really listen to one another and be compassionate with Mm -hmm. one another. And Mm -hmm. this is going to be where compromise is, is key. In terms yeah. of creating this, if if you're going to create this, assuming so, that absolutely. the third person wants to be in this, and that's a whole right. other thing, right? right. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Approaching that person beyond just the yeah the, the well, play, and with
0: this question, I think it's it's fascinating because these two, and, and uh, at some point three gentlemen uh, or or maybe women um, uh, are are really or I guess it's as men um, are really in it to create, like you say, you know, not to conform, but to create in your book. And that's crazy to me because a lot of the times we are conforming to what society brings right, to cause us. Cause we think we with, have to. Yeah, exactly. And I'm seeing this more and more. There's a whole polyamory movement out there. Do you think this is um, something we are reaching as a society where we can more create what we want with love instead of, you know, conforming to the traditional?
2: I, I think so. Mm. I, I, so, you know, of course, this is not a model that's going to work for everybody. Right, right, right. But I think loosening up of this traditional all-or-nothing monogamy thing is something that people are seriously challenging, because if you do all-or-nothing, you usually end up with nothing. Right. And I think people are seeing that, especially as our mm. lives, we live longer, that if you want to have a relationship of substantial quality and quantity, it mm. means doing some communicating and creating instead of conforming. Sure. So I think we are seeing that. Um, there's, a, I'll, there's another columnist. There's a guy you've probably heard of named Dan Savage. Oh, um, yes. You know, he's, he's, a, yep. he's got a great show. Uh-huh, and he says yep. that, that polyamory is kind of the new gay. It's kind of where gay was like 30 years ago. Right. It's something right. that people are doing, but they're still very closeted about it. Mm-hmm. And there's still a lot of stigma and shame that people get when they, uh, when they share this with their community and with their families. But that we will see probably in the next 30 years more couples in tr- what I call troubles or triads, uh, right. or, you know, families. Just mm-hmm. saying, yes, we live together. Yes, we love each other. This is what we're doing. Right. right. Not a big deal.
1: Right. I will say, I end up, like, uh, when I lived in Tulsa, it was the first time I'd ever— I mean, you hear of the concept first time I'd ever met uh, some gentlemen who were in one, and they they changed my whole perspective on relationships. Mm-hmm. They were—I mean— you could tell. I mean, you just, they, it really worked well for them. I live here in Spokane and I know couples, and it seems like we know more and more, or they're in our periphery, or we, and I find that fascinating because 20 years ago when I came out, I didn't, I didn't know anyone. Yeah. You know what I mean? And right. I love, I love that this listener is, it's like you said, they're so open and they're just saying, Hey, I'm open to this with my partner. How do I go about it? I just love that it's just an open question of, you know what, we this is something we have decided we want to do. But, saying I have no idea even where to begin to know how to do it. I just think, I think that's, I love that. That's very hopeful, you know. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. I, I hope he writes back and lets us know. I know. What, I, I I'm going to make sure. This, I'm, I'm curious. I'll yeah. Know what on it. And I'm going to
1: make right. <laughs> sure that listener gets the, that we send The book over, or the the book title and everything over that way, just in case misses the show, which of course would never happen. Uh, So (laughs) I'll send that because I think that's amazing. Okay, let's go to question number two. Um, I've heard you talk about trust and good communication, and I think I do pretty good. My boyfriend uses dating apps. We are in a monogamous relationship that we both agreed upon. When I have brought up the apps, he simply says he uses them to make friends. I've never met any of these friends, but the but he just brushes off my concerns. I just want him to be honest with me, but I still feel like there's something more than looking for friends going on. What do I do?
2: Okay, so here we kind of have the flip side. <laughs> yeah. of the last question, in a way. <laughs> What's complicated? So first of all, what we're hearing, right, is trust. Yes. It
3: comes down to trust. Right, there's
2: yes. a trust issue. Regardless of what the boyfriend's doing or not doing, there's a trust issue. Exactly. So that's what we really want to look at and really want to address. Why is there a trust issue? Uh, we don't have a context here for saying, has the partner violated trust at mm-hmm. some point? Does right. the, the writer of this question, does he have a reason to, right. to doubt his boyfriend? Has he been given a reason? Right.
3: Um,
2: or is this just a suspicion that's just coming out of fear? Right. And we don't really know that. But, you know, I, I, I want to challenge people to be more critical In terms of thinking of what this term monogamous actually means, Mm -hmm. because we are all polyamorous in a way. I have a mother and a father. I love them both. Mm -hmm. I have friends. I love them. I love my brother. It doesn't mean I love anybody any less. Right. I have friendships with some people. I have sexual relationships with some people. Mm -hmm. I have emotional relationships with some people, and sometimes those overlap and sometimes they don't. Mm But if you think about our lives and who we spend time with and who we care about and who we love, we're all polyamorous here. We're all giving love to different people in different places. Mm -hmm. So then the question is, what is monogamy? If you're purely defining monogamy as, okay, I have sex with one person, that still leaves a lot of wiggle room for what is sex. Right. What is sex Bill Clinton? I did not have sex with that right. woman.
3: Exactly. <laughs>
2: Anthony Weiner, too, is in the news again. Oh, yeah. challenges
3: these notions. Yep.
2: But it's like, what is sex? So if your boyfriend is just on the Internet having verbal, maybe even emotional relationships with people online, but he doesn't have sex with them, is that monogamy? Right. Mm-hmm. And I can't answer that question. That's something that the two people have to answer. But it sounds like something is getting lost here in terms of saying we agree to monogamy, but I'm not sure they both have the same idea of what right. that is. Yeah. And I just say to this guy, so what if he is? I mean, just I'm not saying your boyfriend is right. having relationships with people, but let's just go there for a second. What if he was? What would change for you? Mm-hmm. Would this have to be the end of the relationship, or would there be right. an opportunity to negotiate or or come to a new agreement? Right. I ask him though, please, whatever you do, here's something important, guys. No matter what you do, do not snoop.
1: Yes. Yeah. Because if do you want to find something, you're going to find it. Yeah. Right. Exactly.
2: Or you won't find it, but right? now you violated the trust.
1: Right. Exactly. Right.
2: Or you will find it, and you violated the trust. Or you're going to see something which doesn't make sense, which is only going to add to your suspicions and yep. fears.
0: And that's the worst. Either of way, of all. It's yeah no good. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, I think, and two things jump out at me here. You you brought up the we don't really know the terms of he, he mentions the agreement that right, right. we both agreed would be monogamous, but we don't know how in depth they went to what that means to each other. So that's important, you know, that they understand. But I also notice that he says, I just want him to be honest. So he feels like when he mentions the guys brushing, brushing off my concerns, he says, I feel like, and I don't know because he's not on the air, but maybe my imagination would like to feel like he want he just wants to talk about it. And he feels like, this his partner is just brushing it off and not yeah, having off, the conversation. Right. I think that goes both ways. Uh-huh. That if these things happen in relationships, even if you think it's a non-issue, if your partner thinks it's an issue, you at least need to discuss it to find out the pieces. You can't just say uh, your concern doesn't doesn't affect me, but it does. You're both in this, mm-hmm. you know.
2: Yes. Now you. That's a great point of view, and this is really interesting because
1: when I heard.
2: Brushes off. I wasn't exactly sure what that means, but mm-hmm. I, I got a picture of the, the writer here asking the same questions over and over and over again, uh-huh. and the boyfriend eventually saying, "You know, we we we've already talked about this,"
3: or "You oh, uh-huh. keep asking the same
2: questions." Right. And maybe he is brushing him off because he's being tired of you know being right. challenged sure. and you right. know being under suspicion so much. So now again, right. I don't know. I right. don't know if any of that is accurate or not. Right. That was the impression I got. It's like, okay, mm. if yeah. you're in a relationship with someone who keeps questioning you and doubting you, yeah, yeah it it could lead to a brush off,
1: right, yeah, yeah. and I After always while, say if i in my relationships, I always say that if I have asked something, got an answer, and I continue to ask eventually I'm just going to make it a self fulfilling prophecy mm-hmm. because I keep <clears throat> pushing it because I'm not able to accept the mm-hmm. answer given, and I think that can just lead to. Too bad stuff. Well, and then that's
0: there's your trust issue right there. Right. If if somebody gives you an
1: answer, I mean, if you you keep asking me, are we going to break up? And you Mm -hmm. you ask Mm -hmm. me every week for you know months, and we break up. I mean, I feel like there was probably that played a little role in that. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. That's what I mean. Right.
2: And thank you. That turned. That's I was trying to think of. But we and you said self fulfilling prophecy, and that's what can happen. When we consistently approach mm-hmm. our partners and loved ones with fear and suspicion, we right. inadvertently sometimes then create a circumstance where those fears, and con- uh, those fears are confirmed.
3: Exactly. Right. Now, Absolutely.
2: I'd say to this guy, look, here's your choice, because you don't exactly know what's going on. Here's the option you have to, to be in this relationship with fear and trepidation and doubt.
4: Or mm-hmm.
2: you can say, all right, I am choosing to make peace, to make joy my priority here. So I'm going to be peaceful, and Mm -hmm. I'm going to be joyful, and I'm going to do the things I need to do and get the support I need in order to remain peaceful and joyful. Mm -hmm. So if it turns out that my suspicions are correct, and he's hooking up with other people, and that's the end of the relationship, I'm going to be peaceful and joyful. It's going to hurt, but I'm still going to be peaceful and joyful. And if my suspicions are wrong, and everything's fine, I'm still going to be peaceful and joyful. Right. But either way, you make peace and joy... And love, your priority every day, it's yours, whether he's playing around or not.
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like we talked with you, uh, I don't know, a couple of months ago, I think, and it's you talk about it in your book, Rational Relating, which is, you are in charge of your emotions. Like, mm-hmm. you you don't get to make somebody else in charge right. of them, it's you. And yeah. so this is a way to say, right. yeah, I'm going to make sure I'm okay, and then it's, it's this great bonus of love and relationship in your own mm-hmm. relationship, if it's great, and then it's okay if it's not. It's but you're in charge of how you feel about it. No one makes you feel mm-hmm. a certain way, and I think that's an important lesson to keep remembering, as we beautiful. go through this. Right. Yeah, yeah. You,
3: you've been reading the book. You're
1: I love beautiful. your books, love them. <laughs> Thank you. So, so it's amazing. Hey, I was even in a coffee shop reading uh, a part of Rational Relating, and a lady came over and peeked at the book, and then we had a great conversation. So I'm telling you. There's some wow. good stuff out there that people. It's spreading the word. Yeah, people mm-hmm. want to know. And uh, if we have some time thin, I want to talk about something about that too. But first, let's go sure. to question three. I've heard some, about some alternative methods of therapy, like hydrotherapy and hypnotherapy. Do these work? Are they safe or are they not legit therapies?
2: Well, here's the thing. I. I Hydrotherapy, I actually don't know much about. I right. uh, I know that some, for some medical, uh,
3: right. it can
2: be not a, a cure, but it's sometimes you know additional for some uh, medical things. I mm-hmm. don't really know much about it for psychotherapy. You know, hypnotherapy. Here's the problem: I, is it safe? Well, it's safe if you're going to do it. Do it with someone who like has a license and specialty in this. Right. Just don't do it with somebody who's like trying to right. make people you know get into their unconscious. <laughs> it's it's doubtful yeah. whether these methods work Mm -hmm. and how effective they are. But if you do it and you enjoy it and it brings peace or joy into your life, then yes, it works. Right. Um, But here's the problem with these other kinds of therapies. And this is, again, my bias. I'm saying that right out front. Mm -hmm. These are my biases. Even if they assist someone in feeling better, what they don't do is, go into the thoughts and belief systems that right. often create and sustain suffering. Right. They don't often go into our mindset, which say, mm-hmm. there's something wrong with me, I'm a bad person, um, right. my boyfriend's cheating on me, um, it's other people's responsibility to take care of my emotional health. Right. Um, you know, I'm really inadequate, I'm really unlovable, I'm really afraid and ugly. All these right. things that we sometimes mm-hmm. say to ourselves, on a very, very deep level in the brain and manifest themselves in depression, anger, abusive relationships, etc. So these other therapies can help people feel better, and if they do, that's great. But I would ask anyone who is doing them to please also consider on your own or with a therapist really working on the belief systems that initially have been that initially created and have continued to sustain um, emotional suffering in your life
1: right mm-hmm. mm-hmm. right.
2: have you guys ever done one of these
1: I want to say I, we did some I don't know if it's considered hydrotherapy but we went to a float spa where you get well, in the yeah. sensory deprivation float in water um, oh. and I found it extremely therapeutic because a control freak mm-hmm. mind like I mm-hmm. have It made me for an hour, first of all, struggle for the first 20 minutes because that was rough. Right. And then actually for the first time in a long time, quiet down, still not silent because my brain, but quiet down a lot. Now, I myself would never see that as full therapy for me, but I think it, it it would be a great benefit to add on to maybe, you know... Different type of therapy that I I would be doing.
0: I would agree with that. I think it's therapeutic in the way that maybe you know a hike might be therapeutic to clear your mind, or you know just just. It's a tool. It's a tool. Yeah, you clear your mind, you disconnect, and you're there to process your own thoughts. But I would I would agree with you, Damon. It's not. I don't think it's. It replaces therapy. As to, you know, dig deeper and find out the root of the cause. It's kind
1: of, it it relaxes you for a second. I kind of view it as like exercises, like Damon, in your books, you give exercises, you know, Mm. for people to do. And I feel like that's what it is. It was a great tool. It was a great exercise for someone like me to do, but it definitely could not replace the work that I had to do separately. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't don't think there's enough out there to know. Yeah, I, and, about and, the and my like question
0: that. on it is, you know, is, is there even enough evidence or scientific study or, you know, legitimacy behind any of it? That's that's really mm-hmm. um, my question about, you know, hydrotherapy and hypnotherapy and these alternative things. I mean, mm-hmm. you don't know. Well, I'll right tell you right a
2: real. secret. Yeah. Don't tell anybody else, but I'll tell you a secret <laughs> about the other therapies. There, there ain't much research to back those up either. <laughs> yeah, We <laughs> well,
3: okay.
2: really don't. Other than it's cognitive behavioral therapy, yeah. which is what I practice, but there's uh-huh. really not a whole lot of empirical evidence to back up psychotherapy in general
1: interesting
2: so whoops i let that out of the back <laughs> look it up well, you know it's something that we talk about in society but uh-huh. it's also very hard to measure it's not like right. you know right. if, if you have diabetes you can measure your sugar levels but right. when you're depressed right. you can't always measure that right. you can't always measure serotonin levels right. so we said yeah. there are medications mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. some of them do help, but even their reliability as far as working is kind of shaky. Right. They don't really have strong numbers behind them. And yet we yeah. continue yeah. to use them because they are tools. And we continue to talk right. about therapy as well as you know hypnotherapy because these are, as you said, these are all tools. Yeah. If they work, they work. And but I guess I that's think, what it comes
1: down to. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But I do think if people are really serious about their self-care and health and wellness and joy, that... They are. it's better for them to also, or in addition to, really look at thoughts, perceptions, mm, beliefs. Because yeah. this is the source of so much unhappiness in life. So
0: true. Right, right.
1: Oh my gosh, so true.
0: I love okay, it. Okay, sorry. we are moving on. Last question here. Um, this listener saying, My mom did something selfish and hurt the whole family. We were on a trip as a whole family, and at one point my mom and I were at the bar together. I noticed she got a text and got suspicious about reading it. I asked her what it was, and she admitted that she was seeing another man. I started crying. She told my dad, and later in the trip told the whole family. Uh, This ruined the trip, but even worse is tearing our family apart. There are seven kids with the youngest still in grade school. I'm not sure what to do or how to react. I love my mom, but she's being selfish in a harmful way. Any advice or help would be great. Yeah, that's That's, that's a big one.
2: Not the family vacation they
3: planned.
0: No, (laughs) no, (laughs) no. (laughs)
2: Uh, I, I, I'm curious to know how, how old this person is because I can't tell right. if this person is, is an adolescent or a young adult or, um, you know, kind of just where, like, what are the ages? Because he said there's seven kids and the youngest is still in grade school. So right. not that that's a big deal, but, you know, well, first of all, if you're a writer or a creative person, you have got a, a great play here that you can yeah. write. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs>
3: You've got well, an amazing
2: experience here, uh-huh. which if you ever choose to write about or fictionalize, sure. I think will be very interesting to a lot of people. Right. right. But I know that this person's in pain, and uh, I don't know if this is a— I don't think we know if it's a man or a woman, um, but there's, there's clearly a lot of pain here. And, and definitely this person uh, seems to be experiencing a sense mm. of betrayal. Mm -hmm. from their mother and you know I I can tell there's some anger it seems like the person's angry when they say that she's being selfish in a harmful way Right. and I understand that there will be anger because this feels like a betrayal of trust Mm -hmm. but I am going to request that this individual think about taking a step back and staying out of this and Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean you can't have your pain it doesn't mean you can't have your hurt because those are going to be there but your mother is a human being, and we don't know what's going on. We really don't know the context, or at least I don't, and, and I don't know if this person does. Mm-hmm. doesn't know the reason why she has done this, and it's not always black and white. It's not always clear. When someone has sex outside of a, a presumably monogamous relationship, like we were saying earlier, they often have reason, mm-hmm. and that's not an excuse, but there often is an explanation for why people seek sexual and emotional connections outside of a primary relationship. We don't know what your mother has experienced. We don't know what she has sacrificed. We don't know if she is having sex or what the relationship is like with, with your dad. And there's just a lot that you don't know. And, you know, as, as the child in this family or as the, the, the son or daughter, it's not appropriate for you to know the details of your parents' sex life. Right. So, I'd say, if you can, and if you're willing, feel the pain, but practice compassion. Your mother is a human being, and she is clearly struggling, and I'm sure she would not wish this upon you or any of the other brothers or sisters. Right. So try to be compassionate. Try to be gentle. Try to be loving. If you're loving, it doesn't mean you agree with her decisions. It just means that you're going to maintain a stance of love, even when there's hurt even when there's anger and if you do that i think the family will benefit quite a bit from that right
1: and i and you can tell there you know there's that question of timing but in life as we all know when when you have to talk to somebody about something sometimes life just pushes your timing maybe you know you don't know that your her intention was you're going to go on a family trip and this is the perfect time Mm -hmm. um sometimes things happen right you know what i mean and so without knowing all of that but i you can tell there's some some hurt about but wouldn't Mm -hmm. you hurt just as bad even outside of a vacation you would have hurt Right, no matter when that it, came about. The, the timing was not ideal. That, but yeah, right, you know, right, right. it just happened to come out during a family vacation. Mm-hmm. You know.
2: Right. There's really no good time to find no. out that your mother is having sex with another person. Exactly. There's just not, you know, right. we don't have Emily Post forgot to talk right. about that in her right? Etiquette book. Oh. So, you know, like you said, you know, it's messy. Life is messy. People are messy.
1: Yeah. Mm.
2: And we can't really, you know, it just is. We can't fight it.
1: Yeah, so, right. It's but true. we
2: can be compassionate and we can be loving about
1: yeah, it. Absolutely. I was going to say the absolutely. one, the only real, you know, choice you get in life is how you choose to react mm-hmm. to situations, how you choose, how mm. your perception is about it. That's the only thing you got, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And yeah,
2: yeah, and this is. A, thank you. That's exactly. You know, I say seek not to change the world, but to change our mind about the world.
3: Yeah.
1: We can't oh.
2: control the world, but we do get a say in how we react to the world.
3: Exactly.
2: And. This is a really great example of that, because this isn't about you, and you can't change it. But what you can do right now is decide for yourself, who do I want to be? Because you said, I'm not sure what to do or how to react. I'd say begin by just asking yourself, who do I want to be in this set of circumstances? Do I want to be angry and spiteful and bitter, or do I want to be loving, patient, compassionate?
1: Mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. oh this That's this question like was a ton of bricks to me oh my gosh yeah, yeah that but you it, can feel you know, it. Yeah. you can feel you know there's a lot going on it's rough but yeah it's gonna mm-hmm. all come down to how mm-hmm. you how you choose mm-hmm. to react oh my heart goes out and i hope listener. this
2: person writes back too or i hope if you be right? a way to reach this person i'd really yeah. love to know what what goes what happens right? yeah.
1: what's coming i know this is sometimes you we just want a follow-up like, come on! Yeah, I think you we should follow-up. request up. I think yeah. so. I know for a few of these. Oh, this this was a heavy dose of questions this episode. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> lots. It of, was, yeah. but you
4: know what, guys?
2: You, we remember we as human beings learn a lot through pain and through suffering.
1: Right. Yes, right. And
2: when we're experiencing a heartache or a disappointment or a mm-hmm. struggle, mm-hmm. it's you know I don't want, I don't wish that on anybody, but. That is how we learn. We learn Mm. through these struggles more than we learn from a textbook or more than we learn from a movie. You have to learn this
1: way. So true. I often
2: say growth is just ow with a (laughs) girl.
1: So true. Oh, my gosh. And that's the story of my life and so many others, no doubt.
2: You've talked about You've talked about a lot of your struggles and yeah. a lot of the life lessons you've learned today, Jonathan, have, have been through some
1: really difficult things. Yeah. And it's good because the only way we survive and find the joy in life is mm-hmm. to f- is to go through them. And it ain't no one want to do it, but I get it. Oh, that's and hard. Yeah. That brings me to I, I had a little supplement question. So I was telling you, and it's funny, I feel like there's been a few experiences recently, but I was telling you, I was reading your book in a coffee shop. Uh, a young woman wanted to see what I was reading. We had a really good conversation um but you could tell i want to talk about the stigma we put on uh therapists and therapy because so there's i could tell she was kind of hesitant she enjoyed our talk but you know the minute she figured out it was a, you know a, a therapist book that and then i even went up to my baristas cuz i go to this place all the time and this was i think a month or two ago and i'm like hey guys i see you all the time i have this great therapist that comes on my show i just wanted to offer to you if you have any questions you know, that I would be more than welcome to bring those up. And then the shutdown was crazy, crazy. The shutdown of they were, like, mortified that I would ask them this question. And then I'm a very open individual, and I see a lot of, I, I think... An unexamined life is not worth living. I live by that. And so I've been very open that I'm starting therapy again because I think it's, it's every once in a while I like to unblock some things. And I'm watching the stigma because I'm choosing to be so open. Why do you think we still in this society have a stigma when it comes to taking care of our mental health, but we can go to the gym and we can go to a spa and there's no judgment there. But to take care of ourselves, mental health is still this huge boulder of stigma on us.
2: Oh, first of all, Jonathan, thank you. What an incredible insight, and and thank you for being so open about you going to therapy because that's mm-hmm. how stigma changes.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, is
2: when we come out, just like being gay or polyamorous or anything. It's right. when we come out and we talk about it without shame that that stigma goes away. So I really appreciate that. Oh. We we I think our society devalues mental and emotional health, mm-hmm. and. It's not, okay, so this is me now. Again, this is my bias, but I don't think it's a coincidence that when we live in a society where there is an industry made off unhappiness in the form of selling cosmetics and mm-hmm, you know sure. drugs and alcohol and sugars and candies and, you know, again, I'm in New Orleans, I'm not opposed to any of that stuff, <laughs> but when it's being used as a substitute for mental or emotional wellness or as a, as a treatment to sort of medicate your feelings, those often get more priority than really doing the the harder work to go inside and look and see what are my right. feelings, what are my thoughts, and to truly come out and live life in a really authentic way. Because I've said this in both my books. If we all looked in the mirror naked and said, I love this body, what right. would happen to what would happen to capitalism? I mean, so yeah. there, is a, there is a financial investment in us yeah. being unhappy. And I think there is a resonance to that in some of the ways people talk about therapy. I right. think that plays into it. And then, you know, the other thing is, is and I just was fully owned that a lot of therapists are um, not great at what they do. Sure. And, there's you know, we say therapy, it's kind of like saying the word movie. When we say, I'm going to a movie, that can mean like so many genres, so many kinds. Right, yeah, Long movies, yeah. short movies, animation, drama. You know, there's no one movie. If I, you say you're going to a movie, that doesn't really tell me what it is you're going to do right. or what you're going to see. And therapy is the same way. There are so many, just like the question earlier about hydrotherapy and hypnotherapy, there's so many ways to practice therapy, so many different theories about this. And within those theories, there's still so much diversity and then still variation in how people practice. And because of that, you do have some therapists out there who aren't really solid on what they're doing and how they're doing it, and they're not always the best at what they do. Mm-hmm, right, but I think that right. gives uh, a bad rap to therapists as well. Okay. What do you think? Yeah. Why do you think there's still a stigma?
0: Well, you know, I think that as a country, we've never focused on mental health ever, ever, ever. And I think it's, it's true that we do make a profit on, you know, being unhappy with ourselves. And I think we continue to buy into that. And that I mean, right. it, it makes us money, makes us seem like we're reaching happiness at some point. Right. Um, but yeah, we. I think we just need to revamp our whole mental health system.
1: And, well, that and can we talk about... So you, both Sergey and I come from a very religious background. In my family, my dad was a minister mm-hmm. and he ended up in his later years going to therapy because he needed to. But the guilt he felt because you're supposed to give it to God, God's going to fix it and you shouldn't need... The guilt in my family when it comes to mental health is huge because they've put this religious uh, should system Mm -hmm. on top of it. And Uh. that was, although my dad would admit to you, that it helped him immensely. He would never admit it outside of the family Mm -hmm. because what are your, what are your, what's the congregation going to say? What he was so concerned about how it would look as a man of God. And I think that there's so many levels to this stigma.
0: And I think also, you know, to go to therapy is to, for some people admit that they are broken or in some ways not complete. And I think that is so scary because you know, for right. so long they, they've they hidden it or you, you can hide it, put on a happy yeah. face at work and no one knows. But you yep. have to admit to yourself and others that, hey, I'm not happy or I'm not, right. or, you know, maybe not. Or, or I feel broken.
1: I want to yeah. figure out that but it's not everything's perfect. Exactly.
0: And that, I mean, not necessarily is a bad thing going to you know, therapy because you feel broken. But, you know, I think the way we think about it. Could I change. Agree. It's perception. That's fascinating because
2: I hadn't even thought about the religious angle oh, that you gosh. mentioned. Yeah. And thank you for that. And yeah, it's just you know I, I think it's spe- probably all over the world, but in America there's just this thing like if I ask for help I'm weak.
3: Yeah. Yes. Right. And yes. you know
2: mental health that's not the real issue. The real issue is you know is, is I have to go to work or I have to provide yeah. for my children yeah. or yeah. you know like you said going to the gym that's legit. Yeah. But,
1: and you just but suck it up cuz you know what we tell yeah. ourselves. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And, and I, I would like to see that change. I would hope that would change. You know, when Rosie O'Donnell had her daytime show yeah, uh, that was very, very popular, uh, she was very honest and open about yes. therapy a yeah. lot. And I thought, this is great. This is daytime audience. I hope people are getting the message. Right. Therapy is good. Therapy is legit. Right. But our society as a whole still doesn't seem to to be there it is minimized and demeaned and you know we we see the the consequences of that regularly well
1: and i and I, i always i'm gonna throw my two cents on this as well you mentioned talking about there's lots of different therapists lots of therapists who maybe aren't great at what they do one of the ways i always i always say if someone asks my opinion is just like i approach my physical health I am in partnership with my doctor. My doctor can't do anything if I'm not in agreement and I'm going to help out. We are working together. So if it doesn't work with that doctor, I need to find one that fits. With therapy, I'm the same way. This is a partnership because I just can't go in there and then they're not going to magically fix what's wrong. I need to be an active participant. So if you're going to make a partnership with someone, it's okay to make sure that you fit in that partnership, mm-hmm. and if it doesn't work with one, it doesn't mean one and done. You know what I mean? I think it's important that we that we realize that it's a together uh, option. That it's a we're working together for one goal instead of thinking. I think we have a a belief in this culture that a doctor or a therapist or whatever they're just we just go there and they just fix it. Then we can go about our lives. But that's not that's not really right. how it works. Right. Yeah,
2: right. Yeah, right. And it is a partnership. Uh, I, I use the word consumer instead of patient, mm-hmm. because I think consumer makes more sense when we're talking about medical care. You're you're not a patient. I, I'm, we're trying right. to get rid of this hierarchy of authority and right. passive receiver right. Right. Of, of expert information. Exactly. I think therapy, I think medical care are really about partnerships, where as consumers, if we don't like the services we're receiving, we have the right and the option to seek them out otherwise. Right. right
1: right exactly i think that's me first of all i have loved this conversation just saying wow yeah today's <laughs> show look at that i know we did just, well it's just great i see i yeah. love it when you i love the first sunday of the month that's our our damon sunday that's what we just called i love being your Aunt <laughs> flow <laughs> <laughs> i know month the month. best app flow ever we're gonna turn that around <laughs> right here uh, oh well we hope you have just an amazing rest of your time down in new orleans down there
2: Thanks, guys. I'm going to go back to the French Quarter. Yeah. There's some people here um, in my Facebook group that are oh, awesome. here that I'm going to see as oh, well, and for those cool. that are interested, the group I run on Facebook is called PrEP Facts, F-A-P-P-F, Rethinking HIV Prevention and Sex, where we have a lot of conversations about preventing HIV, using PrEP, and thinking about sex in a different way, thinking about sex is a very empowering way, and coming to fears about that as a community, and people can join that, and Join me in the French Quarter, because I'm going to be coming out there in about in a, a few minutes to uh, talk about these conversations even more.
1: Oh, that's amazing. Damon, thank you so much for taking another Sunday with the boys. And we're going to see you in another few weeks. Yes. Thanks, guys. <laughs> thank you. Bye now. And now, Sergey, are we going to take we a brief are break? We're going to listen to
0: Furious Love by Viridia. You are back with KYRS, Medical Lake, Spokane, 88.1 and 92.3 FM. This is Outspoken. Outspoken is funded in part by the Pride Foundation. For more information, visit
1: pridefoundation.org. Outspoken receives support from the Unitarian Universalist Church of Spokane, serving the community with a non-dogmatic religious environment, welcoming all people regardless of race, sexual orientation, gender identity, or physical ability. Information online at uuspokan.org or 509-325-6383.
0: Outspoken receives support from Nine Bar and Bistro, featuring a full bar, food menu, and trivia on Thursday nights. Located at 232 West Sprague Avenue, more information is available at
1: 509-747-1621. Outspoken receives support from Northwest Fair Housing Alliance, a local nonprofit that provides education, counseling, and advocacy to help eliminate housing discrimination and ensure equal housing opportunity. Information available at 1-800-200-FAIR and online at nwfairhouse.org. Outspoken receives support from Instant Sign Factory, celebrating
0: 25 years serving the inland, northwest, indoor, and outdoor sign needs. More information at one 1- 877-778-7446 and online at instantsignfactory.com.
1: And those are all the our favorite people of the The people we love (laughs) and who love us. Yes, right. It's a mutual admiration society. We're about ready to have our main guest of our two-hour show. Yes. Very fascinating guest, Sir Ivan, Mm -hmm. who was a a banker, made a lot of money as a banker, and then decided, I really don't want to retire. What I would like to do is do pop music. Yeah, so he he became a pop star, really. (laughs) Right. and um,
0: that's, That's interesting, and he also is super into... Uh, you know, the philanthropy side of things right. and he'll donate to LGBT causes. And well, he like. created a foundation. He We're going to talk to him
1: about it. Yeah. Called, uh, Cause he calls himself the peace man, peace man. and it's peace mm-hmm. man foundation. And he uses the proceeds yeah. uh, from that organization and from the new album where all the proceeds will be given to the foundation, which he gives out to like the Trevor Project, exactly. to lots of LGBT uh, projects out there. And I find that fascinating. But this I man, so cool. he just doesn't stop. Oh, yeah. He knows no, what he, he wants not, yeah. and he goes. So we played one of his, uh, his songs earlier, which he uh, re recorded, did a cover of Imagine mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. John Lennon, made it a dance single, and it is top 10 in the world It is. It, it's hitting those charts yeah they just did the big announcement a few days ago mm-hmm. um and that's a big deal 45 years ago yeah was when the original came out
0: and of course yeah he redoes it and right. uh it's it's still the same message it's so hard right. and I, I love that song i, I mean, know just, so i'm i'm very excited perfect, yeah. uh
1: in our facebook advertising we talked about how he is larger than life he an is entertainer and, please, and with a big heart and i he, thought he is, yeah. okay that's Sergei and i minus all the money yeah right. so <laughs> i think this is a perfect guy for us to talk to right it please go
0: look us. at um his i mean website facebook uh sirivan.com it, sirivan.com youtube you'll find uh, lots of videos of you know the big events that he likes to host and uh, his music videos and i think that a lot of fun he, yeah he is so much fun very eccentric and um Like you said,
1: my kind, my kind of peeps. Yes, I feel like when I grow up, I want to be. I could see that. I could see that. You
0: know, give it, give it. You know, ten years, twenty years. I got a lot of growing up to do. Let's be honest. Oh well, (laughs) you're starting therapy. There you go. I'm starting therapy, (laughs) so that will help me help me better. But
1: all of this fascinating information about a man who you have a lot more to learn about, and we're really excited that he has chosen to speak with the boys of Outspoken. And without further ado, here is Sir Ivan. Are you there?
4: I'm very here.
1: Oh, I love it. How are you, sir?
4: Very good, thanks.
1: (laughs) Very glad. Well, you know what? Let's just start with congratulations, because your cover of the song Imagine is a top 10 dance single around the world.
4: Correct. Thank you. Thank you very much.
1: And that's amazing. Why do you think that this song still resonates 45 years after the original by John Lennon?
4: Uh, because the world is in sad shape, and yeah. as long as there's mm-hmm. as much murder and uh, mayhem uh, all over the planet and discrimination and bigotry and violence and killing uh, and all those other horrible things, there'll be a need for the words of John Lennon's song yeah. to be heard by everyone all over the world like they were in the original, yeah. And uh, because within that song contains the, uh, the key ingredients, the secret for peace on Earth. Uh, he, he, he gave in, in 1971 when the, when the original came out. He gave us the formula. He gave us the ingredients. He told us what needs to be done, as as if he was a prophet. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, and and in the words to imagine a prayer. Yeah. And we mm-hmm. chose to ignore them uh, instead of uh,
1: embracing making, uh, religion
4: them. a minor a minor yeah. thing. Instead, it became a fanatical thing and a yeah. jihadist thing yeah. and a and a kill for God thing, a crazy crazy nonsense. Right and uh right. and the rest of it true, instead of becoming less materialistic, we become more materialistic, mm-hmm. and it's how big the bonus is, how big the house, how big the car what? uh and what designer clothes you're wearing, and things like that. as long as we maintain that sort of uh you know me- mentality of uh fanatic religious relief and obsession with materialism, um the world will not get better right and right. in the sixties, the late sixties and early seventies. The world recognized that, and there was a revolution Yes, uh, in the planet. It was an evolution and a revolution uh, globally, and that's when civil rights, gay rights, women's rights, and the world started to wise up and realize that uh, it needed, uh, certain things needed fixing, and just because things had been done the same old way year after year, generation after generation, didn't mean it was right. Right, right. Uh, absolutely, and and then the times, like Bob Dylan said, the times are a changing, mm-hmm. and and John Lennon and Bob Dylan were telling the world uh, in their songs uh, because they weren't just songwriters and singers. Yeah, they were philosophers and and revolutionaries, and they and they helped end the Vietnam War and showed that uh, the pen is mightier than the sword, and if you can, uh, if words can help end uh, uh, a terrible war like the Vietnam War, certainly they could hope to end. The war against terrorism and some other wars that are being waged against other peoples.
1: Exactly. The globe. You that, are you are a preacher. Preacher that preach, preach it, it. it. It's such That's a good amazing. message. Yeah. I
0: love it. So, Sir Ivan, from banker to pop star, walk us through that mindset. You, you well, I mean, having
4: having a father that yeah. was a uh, an Auschwitz survivor and a Holocaust survivor, and uh, and having had fifty nine of my relatives murdered yeah. during yeah. the Holocaust simply because they were Jewish, um, I developed a a sixth sense towards the uh, oppressed, the underdog, uh, 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 human rights uh, mm-hmm. for all, because I saw from my family's tragic past just how out of hand uh, discriminating and, and bigotry and prejudice. Right. Yeah. And it, and it, it starts with bullying, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, bullying left unchecked can lead to genocide.
3: Yes. If you study thing. any yeah.
4: genocide in the world, not just the Holocaust and the Jews, mm-hmm. if you study the Armenian genocide, if you study the R- Rwandan genocide, yes. Darfur mm-hmm. genocide, any genocide you want to pick, Cambodian genocide, they all start with name calling,
3: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
4: plain old, plain old simple bullying. Yeah, they call each other names. Names n- names become fistfights. Yeah, Fist, fistfights become weapons. Weapons become murder. A single murder, another murder mass murder. Right. Uh, well, so I mean his, history it, shows.
0: Yeah. yeah. It just goes uh, if you there, study right? if you
4: study history and you study all the genocides that have taken place, uh that's why I'm uh, that's why I came out so strongly for the LGBT community because as we saw Putin in Russia recently yes. yeah. and how we've seen in Saudi Arabia how they treat the uh, the LGBT community, there's a there's a danger of life and limb. Yeah. I wa- I wouldn't say in either country there's a that they're at a, they're they're committing genocide against the LGBT community, right? But but where there's a but where there's a fire, it yeah. can burn out of control. Yeah.
1: Exactly, absolutely. And well, I
4: consider a fire anywhere where they're hurting anybody,
1: exactly in the
4: LGBT well, community, or putting them in prison, or uh, beating them, yeah. or hanging them, or whatever they're doing to them.
1: Exactly. Well, and you have mentioned in past interviews and and many times that you you know you watched your father go through what happens in the aftermath. You talk about PTSD and how he had the the migraine headaches, and he had uh, the panic attacks, and he had all of it. So you've seen what can happen from such traumatic events. Is that why you have not been afraid to be so loud in support of like, the LGBT community? That's,
4: that's, that's it exactly. You hit the nail on the head.
1: Perfect.
3: Uh,
4: because it has nothing to do with sexual preference or anything like that. Right. If somebody has been traumatized by bullying, by constant beatings, by torture, by, by being a, in a war, by being in a terrorist attack, uh, it's a it's a it's a global problem, and it's just caused by a trauma to the system that affects you emotionally and psychology mm. and mentally, sometimes for the rest of your life. Because it causes a scar. That kind of trauma to be on the on the battlefront and see your best friend's head blown off,
3: yeah.
4: or to see a child get oh, a yeah. uh, uh, yeah. mass murder of chil- uh, children butchered, yeah. or young girls raped. When you mm-hmm. see these things, uh, it's it's such a it's such a blow to the soul. It's such a it's such a horrible thing to have to witness. Yeah. That the mind to protect yourself from going crazy. Yeah. Well, uh, it makes you uh, uh, put you in your own world, and you can't function in the regular world anymore because that regular world is, is too ugly and too frightening that human beings can do that to other human beings.
3: Yeah. Exactly. It rea- so, it rea- uh, and yeah. then
4: and then you and then you become depressed, and then you become an alcoholic, yep. or then yeah, you I become know. a drug addict, or then you become depressed, and you get. I mean, what a shame to go to be fighting for your country in Iraq or Afghanistan, wherever it may be, yeah. survive the war. Be lucky enough to survive with your limbs intact and come back so so traumatized and so wow. changed that you take a gun and you kill your wife, your children, your dog, and then yourself.
0: Right. right. I mean, right. what's
4: sadder than that?
0: that so that's yeah.
4: why uh, not only do I, I mean, so it, 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 uh, PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, in its worst form, leads, leads people to... Uh, to contemplate suicide yeah. and commit suicide. Yeah. And I chose the LGBT community in particular because when I found out that their teen suicide rate
1: oh, yeah. was,
4: mm. was three to five times higher than the straight teen uh, suicide rate, which is also an epidemic, Yes, uh, I chose them to give my money to, my heart, my soul to. And similarly, uh, you can't be gay, you can't be anything unless uh, you live in America, America in a democratic place. Yeah. And that's why the soldiers who come back uh fighting our wars for democracy and freedom uh to be who we want to be uh they also have a, a an obscene suicide rate yes i think much. it's t- like 22 or 30 a day it's it's suicide huge
0: yeah absolutely coming
4: back so it's also another cause that whether it's the wounded warriors or the canines for uh, for for soldiers and heroes yeah. that come back uh they've got it very bad they've got it very bad right. in, in huge numbers and uh it's amazing, you know.
1: So because from, from gays
4: to GI's, right? Uh, right?
1: it uh, runs the gamut. Uh,
4: uh, they, they they need my help, and I, and that's why I've chosen this cause uh, uh, to do what I got to do. So
0: you started the Peace Man Foundation, you know, because of all these these causes that you want to donate to. What what exactly, exactly once, does it do? It's,
4: a, it's anything that can fall under the PTSD umbrella. Then it's a charity I can consider giving money to, as long as it's in America and as long as it's a five hundred one c three. Right. Uh, I try to help those that uh, I think that are like doing the best job.
1: Right. And yeah. you, you know, you mentioned all of the the great singers of the past and these great songs, and you actually focus your music on this message of peace, universal love, human rights. Is that well, something? Plenty,
4: yeah, exactly. There's plenty of singers out there. Uh, whether it was Lionel Richie, whether it was Barry Manilow, whether it was Julio Iglesias. Uh, that are singing love, romantic love songs right. about making up and breaking up and the joys and pain of both. But, uh, but I figure there aren't that many these days that don't I – mean, those, and those are the songs that sell, by the way. Those are the ones yeah. that teenage record buyers between you know, the ages of 12 or 13 and 18 or 21, right. that's the market that every record company is going after. Mm-hmm. So if you want to sell records and if you're doing it for the money – yeah. Then you make a song about making up or breaking up.
1: Yes, exactly.
4: Uh, or, or or just dancing and partying and having a good time. But each of my songs has has a social message, a political message, a uh, uh, you know an altruistic message. Uh, and I take these iconic ballads, mainly from the Woodstock uh, days, late '60s, early '70s, and turn them into dance music. We call it house music. Call it EDM. Right. Call it electro pop. Uh, the name's always changing, but it's basically a high, en- high energy, uh, high, high beats per minute
3: yeah. dance
4: record mm-hmm. where people uh, completely reinvented. The words may be the same, the melodies may be the same, but the track is so different yeah. that you wind up uh, d- dancing to a song that it's to a new generation uh, of, of kids that are in the clubs. Yeah, It's an, it's an original because they just don't know the song. Right. Their parents might know the song from the 60s, early 70s, but that doesn't mean that they were brought up uh, uh, learning those songs and those lyrics and the power that they, uh, and the messages that they contained.
0: Sure, exactly. wh- why dance music? Why why dance music but dan- of dan- all dance things? Dance music
4: I chose completely because of my love of dancing. Yeah. Uh, I just, uh, from Saturday Night Fever and The, and the Hustle, uh, oh, yeah. which started which started it all off, I just never left it. Mm-hmm. No matter what age I was, so maybe I, you know i you know I may have started that when I was twenty or younger, right.
3: I yeah. just celebrated
4: right. my sixtieth birthday, yeah, and I just haven't loved the I just never left the club scene because to me it was you know it's youth oriented it's energetic, it's new, it's on the edge, some of it's underground, yeah. it's cooler, and it's uh it's just fun it gets it gets me moving.
1: Well, and, you know, you mentioned happy belated birthday, by the way. Um, Thank you. Yeah, definitely. And I think what's amazing is you are the king of the Hamptons, and you throw these great parties, and we got to see part of your birthday party. Um, how does this help you keep connected and keep that peace and love uh, feeling alive for people who come to these parties and are able to experience your energy?
4: Well, the one last year in particular— well, first of all, I have like multiple multiple PR firms working every guest list. I have multiple marketing and promotion companies that are working straight and LGBT. Yeah. So that always guarantees that my parties are going to be an open house, and that right. lesbians, gays, bisexual, transgendered, right. and that everyone's going to feel welcome. You know, if, if if I had to compare myself to anyone in terms of someone who can throw a party and put and can put gays and straights and transgendered yeah. and and you and from, from one extreme to the other, every career, yeah. and profession, and socioeconomic background in the world, you know, it was uh, it was the guy that ran Studio Fifty Four. Yeah.
3: Oh right
1: yeah, right. Steve,
4: uh, what was his name? Oh. Last name.
1: And I even, oh, I even watched that movie the other day. What oh God, it slipped in my mind.
4: <laughs> Anyhow, yeah. Uh, not since then have, uh, have uh, has anyone ever created that sort of vibe and feeling mm-hmm. where uh, everyone can mix. And feel at one uh, in the club, and get along as well.
0: Sure. Yeah. Well.
4: And uh, and that's the sort of the way I like to. That's uh, sort of the way I like my parties to be.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: They have extra flair. That, uh, so they're not just plain preppy parties or right. plain right. real estate real estate cocktail parties or or you know or just uh, Wall Street hedge fund guys. Right. They're they're a complete mix and they're open to everybody. Yeah, and, and and each one is not just a party; it's an event on the magnitude of uh, something that you'll uh, an unforgettable experience. That's how I like to call each of my parties.
3: And the they one, look you go like on YouTube it.
4: and you see the movies that I made of each one. Yes, oh, we you'll, love you'll them. You'll see that there's no exaggeration yeah. that everything I say, I, I prove in that movie because people wouldn't believe that they can have. Parties on uh, these these Gatsby like parties of this magnitude.
3: I love
1: That's it. Exactly That's exactly it. Gatsby-like That's the way to describe them. Yeah, I know. On a regular basis, yeah. we are we are jealous being on oh the West gosh, Coast because those look like the best. Yeah. I
4: don't blame you. I'd be <laughs> jealous too if I was if that, I'm geographically an inconvenient to my parties each year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I
0: I, I have a quick question here. Let's let's talk a little bit. I mean, we're talking about your legacy here. So beyond the you know successful pop album, the the great parties you're hosting. Um, you know, the NBC sci-fi uh, channel hit series, Who Wants to Be a Superhero? Um, Stan Lee actually nominated you uh, and, and selected you as a star finalist. How does it feel to be recognized as a you know, modern-day superhero?
4: Well, that was fun. I mean, I wear a cape when I perform. The only, the only other two performers in history that were known for wearing capes yeah. were uh, Elvis Presley and um, uh, James Brown. Yeah, so I don't mm. mind being the third. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. good <laughs> to You can put yeah. me in the same league as Elvis Presley <laughs> yeah. and James Brown any day, and I'll take that. Uh, I'll take absolutely. that compliment or that insult, yeah. depending on how you feel about them. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so, but I'm now the only. Uh, they're, they're, they've passed away a long time ago, yes. and now I'm the only cape wearing <laughs> on a daily <laughs> basis. <laughs> Own, uh, it. Own it. Artist or performer in in the world. Mm-hmm. So uh, with my big uh, crystal Swarovski piece on in the back of my. Uh, of my couture still cape, yes, I go around the world spreading peace, whether it's through my music and, uh, and just like Superman and uh, Superman and Batman had capes. yeah. yeah. Uh, now there's a peaceman that wears capes.
3: I and think just that's like amazing. Batman had a
4: Batmobile. I wrapped my limo in artistic icons from the '60s. True. So now peaceman has a peacemobile.
1: And I think that's amazing. I read a reporter who was is, who is talking about getting to see that, and I think that's great. We're...
4: Yeah, it's, a, it's fun to have a, a stretch limo that says make, that's a, that not only says make love, not war on it, yes. but shows a couple, a nude couple making love on the, hood, on the hood and trunk of the car. That is awesome. So uh, people who've seen the car on the East Coast, meaning on New York and Miami, where I spent yeah. a half a year in each, they know the car as the tie-dye the, the guy who tie dyed his limo—that's
1: <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So tell us, where does your story take you from here? What's next for Peace Man?
4: The uh, the most important thing. I mean, I have a new. I mean, I have a new single coming out. Exactly, uh, coming out after Imagine, uh, just like last year, right. I did uh the anti-bullying song, um, uh, "Kiss All the Bullies Goodbye." That I was by that Paul song. Oakenfold.
0: Amazing song,
4: produced by Paul Oakenfold. I had a uh, thirteen. Mm. Uh, Different mixes, yeah. I went crazy for it because it was for charity, and uh, and Imagine I have nine and uh, nine remixes. Oh. I, in both cases, I always use some of the most iconic uh, uh, gay DJs in the world, yeah, that are known in the circuit and the scene, and they always come through. Whether it's Ralphie Rosario or Tony Moran, uh, and in this uh, for the Bully song, or whether it's Imagine, or whether it was Seventh Heaven uh, yeah. for Imagine. They always come through for me. I get yeah. great support from them. I, I so, uh, and I've had Tracy Young do remixes for me. Uh, all the best, the best of the bunch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now, um, so I have a new song that's going to come out. It's called "I Am Peace Man."
1: Nice. Uh, and instead
4: it. of featuring Taylor Dane, like on the uh, "Kiss All the Boys Goodbye" song, uh, I'm featuring uh, Debbie
1: Gibson. Oh, wait! Oh, wait! I'm dying. What? Debbie Gibson is, is, on that my next is amazing. Record. Wow. She was I my idol <laughs> growing up. I'm dying right now. Yeah.
4: So she'll be in the she'll be in the vi- video. Uh, she'll be in the song. She's on the record. She'll be on all the remixes. Wow. And she's going to be in the video that'll be on YouTube. Oh, I cannot oh, wait to gosh. buy your
1: album. I'm yeah. dying. So that's
4: going to be fun. That's, that's something yeah. coming up in the future. So it's where Also what's what's yeah. the most important thing eventually uh, which I'm working on uh, I've worked on for the last 3 years is the manuscript I hired a writer but yeah. I, I assisted in it. Yeah. It was the story of my father's life. Oh, and wow. turning the, getting that book published oh and turning gosh. it into a yeah. uh, so that everyone in the world as reads that story because like diary of, yeah. like the diary of Anne Frank. Yeah. It's the most inspiring and hopeful story you'll ever read. It's the most unbelievable survival and success story maybe of all time. Wow. And I've already got an agent that wants to turn it into either a Hollywood a uh, major motion picture or a miniseries for HBO or something. It's, it, it's that compelling, and the book is that well-written by mm-hmm. an author named Joshua M. Green. And that's where um, that's where my energy is going to be uh, located. That's because, amazing. Uh, that That's the book that can take anybody who's been down in the dumps or thinks they have it rough or tough. Uh, all they have to do is read that book, and they realize that anybody can uh, overcome whatever mm-hmm. obstacles right. they mm-hmm. have and come out and come out a star, and come right. out happy, and right. come well, out...
1: I'll successful. tell you, anybody who even reads what we can read online about you, and having this interview with you, I already know anything you want to do, you can do.
0: Put your mind to it. Yeah, because yep. you, yeah, go, well, you definitely do. I've read the manuscript, I'm, oh. and I'm, <laughs>
4: I'm sold on it, and I'm, I'm I, and now I just want to get everyone to read it in every language in the world. Yeah. Right now, the book's titled Siggy, uh, From Nazi Nightmare to the American Dream.
0: Oh, wow. I like it. That's and so it's his,
4: it's his whole life story from mm-hmm. his teenage uh, life to how he came to, to Ellis Island and the Statue of Liberty, right? And came here with 240 bucks in his pocket, mm-hmm. and how uh, and how he made it in America, which is just unreal.
0: That's that's amazing. such a great American story. Now, Sir Ivan, before we let you go here, where where can we get music from you? Where can we buy it? Where can we see the new uh, single? It's the easiest
4: that uh, most people buy music from iTunes right. these days. Uh, and so I would say the, the music for iTunes my videos on YouTube and my website sir where you can learn about the peaceman Foundation what I'm doing and why uh, and, and keep on uh, keep on top of uh, my material what's coming out next
1: and that's amazing sir it's an honor to talk to you I love your heart it is it's just beautiful
4: thank you very much thanks,
1: thanks. for having me on the show Our yeah. pleasure you have a great Sunday you too bye bye now. bye and now we're going to hear one of the songs he talked about, which came out uh, about a year ago, a couple years ago, mm-hmm. Kiss All the Bullies Goodbye, featuring Taylor Dane.
0: You are back with KYRS, Medical Lake Spokane, 88.1 and
1: 92.3 FM. This is Outspoken. And I'm sorry, I'm still obsessing that Sir Ivan said that his new single features Debbie Gibson. I, I'm sorry, I'm dying right now. Right now I'm downloading it on my computer because I cannot wait. Yet
0: because you literally are not waiting my, at all. The not walls, one second. when I were yeah.
1: 12 years old, my walls were plastered mm-hmm. with Debbie Gibson. Yeah. I would sing Lost in Your Eyes over and over until my sister would get so mad she would run to my dad and say, Tell him to stop! Oh my god. No, I can't. <laughs> Debbie. You can't stop. It's Debbie Gibson. Yeah. So I just want to say... So you're a fangirling right now. So basically a because bit. she's on anything, we're going to be reaching out to Debbie Gibson. Because if she was on the show... But the problem is you'd have to ask all the questions because I would be hyperventilating that's so, okay yeah yeah i, I would you, fangirl
0: that and you would probably propose again which you haven't done in a while Congrats, i haven't seen but, but
1: debbie, gibson, debbie gibson i might just i'd be like can we just we don't have to do any of the benefit you know, yeah. part we can be best friends can we there just be go. besties best friends and because i love you yeah <laughs> like i love <laughs> like you funny. yeah okay oh so there gosh. you go i'm just saying just oh, okay saying
0: so we are here, and we, we are, are queer. queer. We're going to be talking <laughs> about the dish. Our the dish. Segment. Lots
1: going on.
0: Yeah, there is. It's um, you know, always stuff to talk about in our world. But today, uh, we have we have a few things. Uh, one of which is uh Matt Bomer. Now he's he's playing a trans role. Um, in, in
1: uh, it's a movie. It is a movie. Anything, it's coming up. Mm-hmm. It's based on a very well received play. Yes has to do with a man getting divorced mm-hmm. and um as he's going through this very hard time in his life he befriends a transgender sex worker. Yes. He right. was being played by Matt Bomer. Yeah. And um that's getting a little controversy. They're calling it transface.
0: Transface. And this is this has been something that's been talked about uh especially when non-trans uh cisgender uh actors play trans roles, which has happened before um and happens quite a lot, and so you know, it, it, Matt Matt Damon comes. I mean, Matt Damon, Matt Bowmer uh, comes out and kind of talks about his view on that.
1: And he hasn't really. So the article I read showed some mm-hmm. of what he was feeling back in January. He yeah. hasn't really addressed the controversy. This movie is being produced by Matt uh, Ruffalo, who was yes. in, of course, the Normal Heart. The Normal Heart mm-hmm. with him was co-star. Yeah. Um. And here's the thing. It's. It's hard. Yeah, um, because you know Laverne Cox very legit, very good at her craft. Actress, she was approached to say, "What do you think?" It's being mm-hmm. called Transface because transgender people are not being given roles that are about them. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, famous Jared Jared uh, Leto role that got him the Oscar for right. uh, Dallas Buyers Club, where right. he played a transgender individual. Um, it's happening in a lot. Where it we, is where we actually in Hollywood have. Mm-hmm trans actors now right and uh, and that are
0: more visible the big question and the real concern is that we are putting forward more famous actors or um you know a bigger name i guess that Mm -hmm. are cisgender instead of you know highlighting and supporting our trans actors who are out there now i think you know we're a, a really interesting time in uh the advancement of trans rights right now where we uh, have an opportunity to really highlight them. We do. Um and and I agree that any actor can play, you know, uh, all these actors. Which is, that is Matt what actor's stance which it, is I agree with it's that. great
1: that yeah. just because you're gay doesn't mean you can only play gay. Absolutely. Just because Absolutely. you're trans. I mean, let's celebrate it the fact sense. that uh, you know, trans I mean, we need to right. have movies where right. trans uh, women trans men play, play cisgender, roles. cisgender roles that'd be great absolutely. but, but, but f- i understand feeling right. underrepresented well and it's it's a, it's Hollywood.
0: more of the political statement for me right now when mm-hmm. we're on the brink of you know bringing forth trans rights as as big as right. you know lgb lgb rights have come right. along uh trans rights have kind of followed behind a little three steps back yeah uh, if you want to yeah. say and so you know to highlight them this is a perfect opportunity to do that and to um kind of jump start that so I, I i don't necessarily say it's trans face but i think that right. you know we could we could do a little bit more
1: we could do yeah do better this is my question about the mm-hmm. whole story should we be so mad at matt right. Bomer? And isn't it about casting directors? Isn't it about Hollywood? Is I feel like a lot of anger yep. is being shot at Matt Bomer when I don't think he should bear the brunt of it. Um, sure, I yeah. get it. And I also admit, even the conversation, this conversation mm-hmm. of what trans face is considered in Hollywood, we probably haven't evolved a mindset yet because, of course, you know it, that's in reference to blackface, which right. back in the forties, right. fifties, you know, forties mostly, thirties, forties, where white people would be put in blackface to play be- black people yeah. in the movies and on television yeah. and when there were and a lot of black times, people who could play themselves exactly. well so and I then a lot
0: that. of times make a mockery of is yes. is, is a big yeah. part of that too but yes yeah. you're completely right there
1: were so, I so get many that i get that yeah i also get this this argument that just because you're you're does because Just because you're gay should you only play Mm -hmm. gay. Mm -hmm. But trans is different. These are actual people who, you know, are transgender and and there are... But Asian uh, actors have always felt like, you know, that we don't represent Mm -hmm. them well in our Hollywood community and in... In America. And here's it,
0: the thing. We still don't represent African-Americans. We in still don't our, represent ourselves. You know, the, exactly. LGBT we community. don't represent LGBT. We don't represent black actors and actresses in Hollywood. Hollywood is pretty whitewashed. You have to so understand So isn't
1: that. it more of a, let's talk about the Hollywood system. Sure. Let's yeah. change that. Right. Because I don't think attacking Matt Bomer. Um, right. And to, to Laverne Cox uh, I- interview about this, she was basically saying the same thing. That this is the mm-hmm. system, this is where mm-hmm. we're at. We've come a long way. We have a long way to go. Oh, but yeah. she oh, yeah. stayed away from attacking Matt Bomer for accepting the role, attacking right. Jared Leto for for accepting that role. Um, so I think we need to stay away from just because he's the face that's out there. Yeah. But uh, I also right. agree that the producers and the mm-hmm. the director and the casting people probably do it need to address this issue. Mm-hmm. Mark mm-hmm. Ruffalo finally came out to address it, but there and he said, I hear you. And you have a right to be mad, but he really didn't offer a conversation. He just, I get it, you're mad, and that's. But that was hit the end of his right. Conversation. Right, it kind of ended there. Absolutely. So I do think that. But I think we need to look at where we need to place the responsibility and I do not think it's on a gay actor. And
0: you know, I think I think part. Hollywood is based a lot on reception and critic reviews and yeah. money, which we pay that's what to Laverne see. Cox talked about and is it's about money. It's about money. So
1: they wouldn't she goes they wouldn't make the same yeah. money if they had placed me in that role. Right. Well and um, I
0: think we are the ones responsible for changing that. We give we them the, the money. money. That's yeah. our money they're taking. Exactly. So put your money where your mouth is And essentially, you know, support movies that there are plenty of indie films that have actual trans actors playing trans roles. If you want to support that support, there are TV series, you know, they're they're out there.
1: And yeah, I agree. Put your money behind that. Support those things. Kickstarter has a lot of great projects Mm -hmm. that have to do with great things that each of us could, if we feel so inclined, support and start showing the moneymakers in Hollywood that, oh my gosh, this look. Because exactly. listen, exactly. they're always going to be motivated by money. There. Oh, yeah. The only people it's that can industry. change that are us yeah. as consumers. Right. But one of the things I think we need to also remember is the fact that the movie Anything mm-hmm. is even being made is great. Uh, right. Because it's bringing right. more to the forefront this actual story. Uh, that's probably the story of of a few people's Mm -hmm. lives out there Mm -hmm. and of transgender individuals. It's bringing that story out. So, yes, we're not as far as we need to be, but what a great thing that these stories are even being told Ten
0: years ago, this would not be a movie being made. No. that and that's just that's just it yeah. we do have to recognize both sides of it and can I just say I am excited that lady gaga will be in this movie I I am excited that lady Gaga will be in anything I am excited Let's yeah just she's be honest. she's doing a lot of acting so mm-hmm. that's that is a plus um I, in my perspective so I there agree. you go love the gaga yeah love the gaga okay so we you and I have an ongoing conversation um, throughout the stop. history of the show and especially mm-hmm. um, in the last few months about gun rights and yeah. uh, especially being gay and, and gun know, control and gun legislation, legislation. Yeah.
1: and what things can be done. Yes, Listen, Chicago mm-hmm. in August had the deadliest month in Chicago history. Yeah, they did. Due to gun violence. Right. Obviously, it's a conversation that needs to continue to
0: be Right. Done. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, it's... We do have to do something about it. I mean, we've had how many shootings, and you know, after Pulse happened, that was and June 12th. June 12th, that was such a turning point for the LGBT community and gun control. Mm-hmm. I mean, so many groups formed. I mean, talk about GAG, Gays Against Guns. That's a, that, a new
1: organization. They formed after Pulse, right? They it that was their, it was their response, their, exactly
0: their response to it. And you know, HRC has been known to oppose gun laws but not in a very um uh it, it isn't producing it results isn't pr- exactly. in the way that they produce results in a lot way. of things exactly because
1: the that beast is different in it is. in it is. DC NRA has a lot of money in DC yeah. there's a lot of activists in, in DC for and NRA. there's so many yeah and lobbyists and, gag, and money there gays against uh, guns formed in a way of saying HRC, we appreciate it, but your system isn't going to work this time. Yeah. And they have patterned themselves after more like ACT UP. Yeah. Uh, right. A more right. in-your-face um, yeah. organization. Loud. ACT UP, of course, in the 80s, wanting Over to the bring top. AIDS yeah. awareness exactly. and help uh, to the forefront. And they did it in a lot of, they call it uh, activist theater. Mm-hmm. Um, they would shut down businesses mm-hmm. by getting a lot of people mobilized. They uh, were
0: very productive with it, and they did a good job. And a and lot of people have we're, mixed feelings. Yeah, that's, about that's what this group is wanting things. But, but yes. Gag
1: wants to do the same thing. They have already done, yeah, some yeah activist theater. Mm-hmm. They already have chapters in many states, and mm-hmm. they plan to have chapters in fifty states because they feel like we have to get everybody riled right. up in order to actually do something in D.C. Right. They that's mention right. that what happened after Pulse is exactly what happens every time. Mm-hmm. Which okay, so we go, Democrats say we're gonna do these bills, uh the Republicans get mad, in the end nothing happens. Right. And then we're and back in we each other. And out that's exactly and that, yeah. what happened. With there were four bills in the House. Yes. Um, And the, the Democrats and even now? had a sit-in yeah. saying, you have to do something. The Republicans said, that's funny. Exactly. And, and nothing, nothing happened. happened. And we're at the we same go. place. We move on.
0: Well, and uh GAG is going to have a campaign here in the fall um, pretty soon where they are directly targeting politicians who take money from the NRA, nra and they are you know exposing them and in a way you're going to shaming them
1: they, and that's the thing they yeah. want to start public shaming they want to so they're going to start releasing names right. they're going to start doing uh activist theater at those offices exactly gonna, and i can't say that that maybe isn't what's going to have to happen to shake it up right. and to make people start because the nra has been in the in bed mm-hmm. with our politicians mm-hmm. for so long oh yeah Decades oh. upon decades, and they have the money to That's a relationship that's hard to unravel. That it is going to take more than because look, listen, look at the Capitol Hill. Mm-hmm. Nothing is passing there mm-hmm. that's going to help this. Right. And one of the things Gag wants to mention is what all can we do to help save gay lives? Even they yep. believe those bills that the Democrats bring when these things happen aren't even enough. It's not saving our lives, and we need because it's just going to get worse and we talked about that pulse is the worst mass shooting in US history so i don't want to see that we keep incrementalizing up and up and up right. to be you right. know what i mean there i don't want a worse than pulse
0: no absolutely not we have to stop this now is the is the situation we have the opportunity to and we've seen the lgbt community be pretty successful at changing how society sees things you know mm-hmm. i mean at marriage equality, we got AIDS on the map and HIV protection. I mean, yeah. in a decade, in a decade where it was so anti, where we weren't
1: even talking about yeah. it, um, they so, were bringing it to awareness. They talk a lot about what they try to do not only is shame is to put people they make to right. bring out their discomfort, and we all know in our culture we like to be comfortable, and none of us like to be outside of our comfort zone. So, right. are they that far off the map in? starting an organization that does this. There was a lot of criticism in the old days for act up uh, because of the tactics. Um, but I, I can't say that it, we, we have to do something. Right. Well, and the other, I and mean, here's having the thing. a logical human right. adult conversation is, isn't, isn't, isn't happening. It hasn't worked. We no, need to try different
0: tactics and the NRA will play dirty tactics. Yeah. So maybe it's time to fight fire with fire. I don't know. Whatever works kind of situation. That's 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 what we're looking at with gun
1: control. So we need to see something else other than even passing some of these bills, which yep. are great. But we've passed bills before, mm-hmm. uh, and nothing changes. It we're ha- still killing each yeah. other. If Chicago, do you know, children are being killed, mm-hmm. and and maybe unintentional, but it happens more and more children every day for Chicago, which is a dangerous city as it is to have their deadliest month ever mm-hmm. in August something's up. Right. Like we keep getting worse to continue to see, um, black people being killed, you know, we, by police officers. I mean, we have to have these conversations. Guess what? It is uncomfortable. Guess what? There is not an easy answer. Yeah. But if you ignore it, it doesn't mean it gets better. It, that's the opposite of how you do that.
0: And with the LGBT community being so much higher at risk of, you know, being attacked, being mistreated, being abused. For us to just loosey goosey carry guns around, I mean, how is that the answer? Exactly. And I just have to say to to the groups out there that are promoting more gun carrying, especially within the LGBT community, as quote unquote protection. The pink pistols. We talked about them before. Exactly. How is more guns going to help us? How How is that going to be the solution? Are we just going to – we're going to go back to the olden days where it's a Wild West duel yeah, outside. And, where and people just die all the 10 time steps fire? That that's how it is. That's, that's not how we're doing this. No. We cannot. It can't be.
1: Yeah. It's I, time Gun to violence, up. I just feel like the conversation mm-hmm. isn't being had, and yeah. we need to get uncomfortable, right. and we need to talk about it.
0: And speaking of uncomfortable <laughs> conversations that we need to have – I just want to say we, you and I talk about this constantly. Uh, constantly. Uh, our own mayor Condon, who um, continuously decides and invests in uh, making a mockery well, he, of the of the yeah well, <laughs> of he the does, mayor's position really he does what he wants he without he regard
1: wants. to rules, laws, or what the people want or what the people exactly. No. And
0: the people, it's time to speak. We've we've kind of mentioned called you know, talked about maybe potentially a recall.
1: A few months a few, I mean a few weeks, a few ago, weeks we, ago we just said that we, we want a recall.
0: And <laughs> this you know, this past month there in August there was a, you know, a little movement that, that happened and kickstarted started by a certain David Green who was a certified public
1: accountant. And he said he was tired of hearing in interviews and in newspaper articles, everything, someone saying someone yep. has to step up, someone right. has to step up. Because let's yep. be honest, it's good that a recall isn't easy. Because you need to make sure that it's a well-thought-through decision. It's a process, yeah. it takes... Because, first of all, a judge has to tell you that it's legitimate Mm -hmm. and you can actually go for a recall. Right. It takes... Someone who knows enough, yes, about who knows the legal system, the rules of what would be considered yeah. okay for a recall, and who can set the case out in right, there in right. the paperwork of why it deserves to be on a ballot. Exactly, David it's, Green. Did he that. thinks he's the person, and mm-hmm.
0: you know, if he can, if he can get it on the ballot, that's one thing. Another thing is we then have to vote on that, and you know, we as the people have to be compelled enough to pass right. the recall. So it's a, it's a process. It's nothing is set in stone yet at all. But there's momentum moved forward, and I don't. I, don't, I would be fascinating. Now know.
1: Condon did an interview. Uh, Kpq, yeah. I think uh, did an interview, and in, in, in Condon style. Now we have talked to Condon both off the air, and he was in our. He was in and our sh- and spoke yeah, to the on voice, our show, and we appreciate that he took time to do that. But we know how he works firsthand. Yeah, and I, in that interview, as with everything, he made it. He deflected. He made it about it's a conspiracy. People are just uh, trying. He sounded very much like Trump, to be Mm -hmm. honest. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're against me. They're lying. They're even though he has been caught in a number of lies. Right. Uh, Not the least of which is, of course, that he knew even before the election about what was really happening Mm -hmm. with Chief Strub Mm -hmm. at the police department. He said that he actually told a reporter that there were when the reporter point blank said were there sexual harassment issues uh, being filed and he said no even though at that time it was proven later mm-hmm. they had already been filed and there's no way he, he did had and then he it, knew yeah. about it he knew exactly and yet what was he happening. lied and now yeah. you know it's all of this it's shuffling around
0: yeah it's a it's a it, it becomes an issue of transparency and public trust yeah and in a city yeah, where that has been that. an issue before I think we really need to of step up, yeah, Before. And especially in the mayors. Uh, See, I mean, yeah. how many mayors have we had where public trust and an issue of you know authority has been mm-hmm. brought up?
1: And if I'm he just continue, and he has, he has done it throughout his mayoral well, yeah. uh, career. Running
0: against Mary Verner, his first election, he brought yeah. that up as an issue against her. <laughs> and where <laughs> is he caught now? I mean, yeah. I, it's just
1: we we need to get it together. We need well, to get it and together. And I think as Spokane citizens, yeah. we need to get it together. That's, and that's what I'm saying. part of the responsibility on, on us is who are we electing to be our officials yeah. in this town? Especially S- when we, we need have up. a decades-long mm-hmm. uh, pattern yeah. of putting people in public office that we end up not trusting. But isn't mm-hmm. that our fault for putting them in that office? Right. So I think it's our responsibility to—I'm I'm the person who's all about going, okay, I'm, I need to look in— myself find out what part of this is mine i'm not saying it's all on us no but i'm saying we have to take our part of it and i do believe that we haven't done it so if yeah. david greens moves forward in his uh y- this the goes in front goes of, in of the, yeah and in front of a judge and the judge says you're right you have yeah, all yeah. of these legal issues they are all okay we need to put it to a ballot then it's up to us to say we want to be represented differently mm-hmm. than we have allowed ourselves to for it Forty right. years.
0: Well, and maybe it's time for us to not only you know do that, but also make sure we hold hold accountable the mayor's position to a higher standard. And
1: can we? Can we do that? Talk about it, mm-hmm. because we, you, and I get a lot of flack we for do. even bringing up things against Condon. And what's fascinating is people that we have a lot of respect for, yeah, and who we're friends with will even bring up, oh well, Condon supports this group that I. You know, so there's this hesitancy. It's not.
0: It's not about his, uh, you know, political views or where he is as a. You know what? (laughs) It it might be. Uh, It's not about what he's doing, you know, right. It's about where he's going wrong for us.
1: Yeah, and we need to be fully aware of that. So what I'm saying is, if when this goes to court, if it gets on the ballot, I think we need to have conversations Mm -hmm. in our community honest ones yep. about what we want and about what we feel has been happening and get involved mm-hmm. and then vote. But I, as we've said before, we we don't feel that uh, Charlotte D was a legit, um, you know, candidate for that. But it not that our fault as well for not supporting someone in the community who would have been? Yeah. Um. So, I mean, it yeah. also is no reason to keep him in office. Absolutely.
0: And to all of you who say Mayor Condon supports my... Blank. We respect that. We res- and great. But here's but the thing: wouldn't Does you rather? Race? Wouldn't you rather have a mayor who supports that and is accountable and yes. doesn't have public trust issues? I'm and just saying.
1: Maybe is ethical in the way that he yeah. and maybe supports you even enemy. more. Who knows?
0: Yeah. Who yeah. knows? I'm with you. Who knows? Okay. Last song of the day here. Let's let's play it. It's called, uh, coincidentally, America by Young the Giant. You are back with KYRS, Medical Lake, Spokane, 88.1 and 92.3 FM. And this was Outspoken. This has been a crazy show. We uh, had Sir
1: Ivan on, a pop star. I got really excited because Debbie Gibson's in his new single. But uh, please go check out his music, sirivan.com, a top 10 worldwide hit with Imagine. Uh, We also had on in the first hour, of course, our favorite, Damon L. Jacobs.
0: Dr. Damon, not a real doctor. Yes. Our favorite, favorite uh, therapist that we get to ask exactly. questions for.
1: And because we, you know you love when we talk about politics, join us next week as we have on Representative Marcus Riccelli for our new uh, political party with some special guests, some college students going, yeah. uh, who are in College for Poli Sci.
0: Yep, so we'll be talking to
1: a lot, a lot of people about a lot, a lot of politics. I know, it'll be amazing. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a lot of fun. We also have a great uh, actress for our spotlight who is in the movie Waiting in the Wings, uh, Reina. and so that's going to be a lot of fun. So join us.